Welcome to the Create a Relationship You Love Summit. I'm your host, Andrea Carella, and the benefits of this summit are to help couples to create satisfying relationships and to communicate authentically with more harmony, understanding, and passion. Today, we have a very, very special guest. I'm excited to announce that Charles Orlando is on our show today. He is a relationship expert and best-selling author. He offers a mix of research-based with a street smart flair as far as it comes to love advice for men and women. And today we will be talking about the 12 commandments to long-lasting love. We will cover what are some of the challenges of long-term marriage, life, midlife, and infidelity, and what are some of the key love blocks and how to remove them. The 12 Commandments of a Happy and Healthy Long-Lasting Relationship, as well as what he and she really want when it comes to affection, passion, and intimacy inside and outside of the bedroom. Welcome to today's summit, Charles. It's wonderful having you on today. Well, thank you for having me. Wonderful. Can you tell us, what are some of the challenges of a long-term marriage, midlife, and infidelity? Oh my God, that's a that's a long question. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, but I mean, it, it's really it's really individualized, and it is long. I I think I can summarize it though with, you know, love is really the easy part of things. I mean, we when we meet, we're attracted, we feel what we feel, and we want what we want, and then over time, cohabitation coupled with either a combination of familiarity, complacency, they kind of lend themselves to to people just kind of getting used to things and letting them fall by the wayside. And cohabitation is, is definitely a challenge. I mean, love, love's the simple part. You add in kids, finances, commutes, dishes, laundry, uh, you would have with, with uh, a wide variety of challenges. Yeah. And, and how do couples overcome some of these challenges? Do you have some suggestions? Well, sure. When you take a look at how, how people meet today, there's, it's fundamentally different than the way it's been uh, up until about 10 or 15 years ago. Communication has altered uh, where you, you end up replacing a phone call that has tonal inflection uh, and, and an understanding of what that person is trying to say versus a text message where there's no tone, there's only interpretation on the part of the reader. Working through those communication issues is a, is a huge is a huge challenge all by itself. I mean, this is a, a really open-ended question around how do you make things better? What it really takes is, is a concerted effort to keep things the way they were at the beginning. Uh, and that requires a, a combination of things. Looking at your, your past and not bringing all your baggage forward to your present. Looking at the person and recognizing that they're not trying to hurt you, uh, mm. assuming that they're not. Absolutely. Uh, and keeping your individuality right at the forefront of your life and existence. Mm, absolutely. And I, I know that as we evolve in our relationships, obviously we go through many transitions from uh, dating to couplehood to becoming parents to changing careers to midlife crisis. And so what are some ways that couples can maneuver through those shifts so that they are consciously aware that they're coming and how to to face them with more ease and grace. Well, to keep a happy and long-lasting relationship, I've put together kind of 12 commandments of what of what people need to do for themselves and with their partner in order to keep things real. 
you know, lo- as I said, love is the easy part. It's all the other stuff that gets in the way. Uh, and when you start working through separate interpretations of what people mean and adding in your own drama, nonsense, and past with it, you end up in a place where people start disconnecting. And and it technology allows people to disconnect that way, uh, and then people bring their own stuff forward, and they 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 enable it as well. Well, th- there's there's twelve major things that people should be doing in order to to keep their relationships really strong and really connected. Uh, so the first is acceptance. We read a lot about tolerance uh, of people, but. I don't tolerate someone that I'm in love with. Like that's a that's an awful term all by itself. Acceptance is very different, where you where you celebrate what is similar between you uh, and what is different. Uh, you you accept what's there because that's why you fell in love with them in the first first place. And that acceptance kind of kind of stretches out. People look for that person who will accept them for a hundred percent of their stuff. And that's ridiculous. I'll save everybody the drama. Like you won't find that person uh, if <laughs> they don't do, exist, right? If you do, you both met on drugs, and it's not going to work out long term anyway. But if you can find somebody that accepts sixty percent of who you are without wanting to kill you in the middle of the night by smothering you with a pillow, then you've found someone <laughs> who's valuable, right? Mm. So that type of acceptance, I think, it, people forget. You know, in a more on a more serious note, like people forget to accept the person for who they are, and not only who they are when you meet, but who they end up growing into. I mean, that requires a constant check-in. That's number one. Number two is honesty and, and trust. And those go together. It, sometimes it's really difficult to be honest, and that's because people don't want to be vulnerable or judged. Uh, the only way you can allow people to stay honest uh, in a relationship, which of course leads, leads to trustworthiness, is to make it safe for them to say anything without judgment. And god damn, it's so hard, right? Mm-hmm. On both sides. It's hard to say it straight, and then it's hard to receive it without saying, oh my god, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you. What did you just say? Because some things drive people to a place of feeling insecure or shame. shamed. If you want it to last, you have to make it safe for your partner to say anything, and you have to say whatever is is real for you. Mm-hmm. So number three is respect. Now, people end up confusing different pieces of this. A lot of people chase attention, and then that person gives them a lot of attention, and they confuse that with, with actual respect. I mean, attention is awesome. It's desire, it's connection, it's passion, but respect is this one level down, maybe two levels down, where you where you really value them and you show it. And respect uh, is offered without the promise of reciprocation. When you when you give attention to somebody, you're expecting them to pay attention to you back, and that's good and that's needed too. But respect is where you just admire the person for who they are and what they who they are in their soul and what they and what they are without them doing anything. Right. I I know for myself, when I was in my 20s, I was traveling around uh, to different continents and I would meet couples that had this spark and I would often ask them what what makes your relationship last or your relationship strong and respect along with comprehension and understanding were were some of the main main subjects that came up as well as probably some of the other ones that you're going to go into. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's I think a lot of people have allowed respect to kind of disappear, uh, especially as relationships have become a little bit more temporary, which we'll get into in a second. 
or at least they've, they've been viewed that way. Mm. Uh, well, that, that's a good transition, a uh, good segue to number four, which is loyalty. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are seemingly in a world where relationships are viewed as, as temporary. You can back this up to 1970 with Alvin Toffler writing Future Shock, who, uh, which is a fabulous book if anybody wants to read it. He was a futurist. Uh, where he described the temporary, the notion of temporary relationships and, I put this in big quotes, trial marriages with the upcoming generations, where instead of putting their heart and head into something and making it work, they would make some mistakes along the way and then replace that relationship with something else uh, and move on until they finally had enough failure behind them to, to drive a successful relationship. Loyalty, as it turns out, it kind of turns into something that's situationally driven, Meaning that they're, they're, people are loyal only as, as, they're only as loyal as their options uh, or their immediate needs or desires. And that, that doesn't work <laughs> for a, a committed relationship. It, but it speaks to the other, the other three kind of tenets or commandments that we've described. With loyalty comes a respect and an honesty and an acceptance. If something has changed for you and your loyalty level has changed, all you have to do is talk about it. Maybe you don't want to be in that relationship anymore. Maybe something else has happened. You have a change of heart, you, you talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And without, of course, swiping right before you swipe left on your current relationship, right? Right, absolutely, uh. <laughs> absolutely. That's the way to do it. Well, and, and that's where technology has really kind of fundamentally altered the way we relate to each other, which leads me to number five, staying present. So that is, that is a key thing. I mean, you and I are sitting here talking over the phone, so we're using technology to get this information out. But you, you take a combination of social media and mobile devices and the accessibility of, of being connected to people who aren't even in your immediate vicinity, and God damn it, put your phone down. <laughs> put your phone down and, and have a real conversation with the person that you say that you care about. Yeah. I always I always laugh when I I'm at a restaurant with my husband and we're talking and connecting and then we see right next to us a couple both of them are on their phone texting to other people that are not in front of them and they're missing the present moment with the partner that they're you know sitting right across from. Right, no doubt. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty. I think we're all guilty of this at, at some point in our existence, at least over the last eight to ten years, with the rise and advent of, of social media and how it's ever-present in our lives and, and our day-to-day. You want to stay connected to your partner, then get, get off your text messaging and, and, and give them a phone call. Or better yet, just meet them at home. Leave your phones outside your bedroom, and all of a sudden your bedroom will end up at a place of, uh, that's, that's connected, intimate, passionate. I mean, if you, if, you have to, if you have to selfie your afterglow, you've got a problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and that's where number six comes in. I mean, it's something that falls away after, after months turn to years and years turn to decades in long-term relationships and marriage, affection and passion ends up sometimes taking a back seat, little things like holding hands or, or shoulder touches or sitting next to each other, or the fact that foreplay doesn't start as you walk into the bedroom and say, well, what do you think tonight? The kids are asleep. Like, that's ridiculous. Mm. But that's where technology can lend itself into something that's kind of cool. You, you want to start foreplay outside of the bedroom. Um, maybe for some people it starts with a text message at midday where you can start to build something, uh, some kind of anticipation for later that evening, or maybe it starts when you take out the trash without being asking, like, 
mm-hmm. more play for, for people is different, but that, that type of passion and, and affection and, and physical and mental intimacy, you don't keep it, it will disappear. And uh, I think sometimes we give the love that we think that we would like to receive to our partner and they may have a different style, right? We may be verbally affirming where our partner feels love by you taking the trash out or doing uh, an act of, of service of some kind. So being able to know what foreplay is going to best please your partner to kind of warm things up in the relationship is, is, is important. For sure. You're, you're talking about love languages, which mm-hmm. is, yeah, it, which is great. And we're, we're taught from a really young age, like treat people the way you want to be treated. And, and that works in casual relationships. But when it comes to intimate ones, you have to treat people the way they want to be treated. Mm-hmm. It's, diff- it's very different. Uh, so definitely. Uh, the, the seventh would, would be humor. You don't have to be a stand-up comedian in order to make your partner happy. Mm-hmm. But you know, life is a combination of, of, of incredible, hilarious, and god-awful sometimes. Yeah, you have to have a sense of humor sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, and life and love are supposed to be fun. It's not going to be fun 100% of the time. I mean, you're not going to be laughing hysterically all of the time. But to keep things light, even snarky, sarcastic, you know, playful. I mean, love's supposed to be fun. And if it's not fun, then you've reached a, a very serious adult way of surviving. And that's not living. Survival is not, is not living. It's, it's surviving. Yeah, uh, I think an element of levity and laughter and lightheartedness is definitely something that keeps love alive. Definitely. Uh, and, and laughing when you, when you don't actually see it eye to eye is something that helps as well. And that leads me to, to number eight. Being able to disagree in an effective manner, because look, if you're if you're doing all of these things, you know you're going to have some connection with your partner, but you're not going to be a carbon copy. So you're not going to see things exactly right, uh, or exactly the same, and and you're not going to you're not going to be able to to keep everybody aligned 100 percent of the time. So be able to talk through issues, listening with the intent to understand instead of listening with the intent of advocating your point of view, is is what's needed. Absolutely. Uh-huh. That can get so in the way from really understanding each other when we're so committed to being right. And we, we miss the middle of what's happening. Right. Well, you end up with a, a really simple choice. You, you can be right or you can be happy. Right. Uh, and, and happy is definitely better. Um, <laughs> and I know I'm right about that. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's, let's move on to number nine, which is privacy. Uh, this leads back to our it's something that's been a kind of a through line through this conversation, which is technology and staying present. But there, there is a, a massive epidemic of oversharing where everyone's connected over social media. Like you want to, I, I cannot count how many people write into me about the fights that they have with this person d- posted a picture and didn't like mine. You know what? If you want your relationship to, to flourish, the, the, I think one of the key signs of a relationship that's really going to make it is that there's no trace of it on Facebook. Like It just exists in the real world. And you keep things between you and your partner. I mean, you get into a fight, guess what? No one cares. All you're doing is stirring drama and venting. If you want to vent, write a diary. Like Keep it offline. It's none of anybody's business. And and keep your relationship to yourselves. It's not for for public consumption. 
Yes, I know one of the dangerous uh, steps that, that can happen in a relationship is when there's maybe a problem in the relationship, instead of focusing on within the partnership to resolve it, they go to their parents or they go to their friend and then it creates this negative vibe and this triangulation that ends up almost leaving your partner out in the cold and it doesn't really cultivate a, a sense of partnership. It, it creates yeah. adversity. Absolutely. I mean, then, then you have a, you're gathering your tribe to come after your partner. Right. When they're part of your tribe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, right? Like, work it out with them. What, what, what is your deal? If you're intimidated, then you're in the wrong relationship or you haven't voiced that. If you're afraid to share, then we're back to our whole trust and honesty thing. You know, these build on top of each other from my standpoint. Mm -hmm. uh, so you've got to be true to yourself. That's what you have to do. And that, that leads me to number 10. Too often we, we forget that a, that a relationship is actually made up of two individuals instead of just a couple. Um, and people talk about you know, putting 100% into a relationship. And I agree with that in theory, but in practice, it, it doesn't necessarily work correctly uh, in, my, in my humble opinion, which is probably not so humble. But It throws off the math equation that is yeah. probably more balanced. <laughs> Absolutely. If everybody puts in, so you have two people, and each person has 100% of their stuff together. If each person puts in 50% effort, that makes 100% relationship. And the key with that is that not only is there a 100% relationship that's functioning, but they also have 50% of their selves, their self-esteem, their self-worth, their own interests back for themselves. You know, this is what leads to bad breakups anyway, where somebody ends up not putting in their 50%, which happens over time. Like, let's get this out of the way. You, you end up with people who end up putting in 60 for a while because the other person has something going on that needs their attention in their own individual life, their career, their kids, their parents, wh whatever, their health, whatever. There's a million things that distract from a relationship. But it has that, in order for that relationship to function, it has to function at 100%. Somebody drops back to zero and the other person is making the relationship work, they're putting in 100%, which means they have nothing back for themselves. And then when you break up, that's when you feel completely crushed and obliterated because you, your entire self-esteem was locked up in a relationship that is now gone. Mm -hmm. So you have zero and you have to start over again. Mm -hmm. when, when you maintain your individuality, you don't sacrifice. You make some compromises, but you don't sacrifice who you are and what you want out of life, and the relationship functions perfectly, or, or as close to perfect as this train wreck of love can be. So that's where I, I'm a huge, staunch advocate of, of maintaining who you are and what you want out of life as a person, and then sharing that back into the relationship is where it really starts to work. Absolutely, and I completely agree with that, being able to maintain your own sense of self and contribute to the relationship. And I think if, if somebody's holding back and not giving, they're actually denying the relationship, the energy, and prioritization that it needs. It just leaves an emptiness. I think definitely filling it in with the relationship too if you're holding back or not all in, or at least 50% in, <laughs> or contributing that way. Um, all in with 50%, then, then it's going to be out of balance for sure. Definitely. Well, and while you're paying attention to your individuality, you want to be able to support and share what's going on with them. And you have room to do that. If, if you're keeping some back for yourself and putting some into the relationship, that's, 
That's number 11 of these 12 commandments. To support and share your, your partner's interests, activities, lives. It, maybe it's not something that you are interested in. Maybe you don't understand everything that they're doing. But, you know, to be interested in it, if, if they're a, a physicist or a rocket scientist, you're not going to know what they know. And to understand as much as you can about what's happening within their own private world as an individual, they, they have something that they want to share. And being invested in their lives is what contributes to a, not only a successful relationship, but they end up feeling important and valued to you. And that is key. That is totally key. Right. It, it keeps you drawn in and motivated and engaged and connected. Yes, absolutely. And, and with that connection comes one of the most important on this list, which is to be grateful. I wouldn't go so far as to say your partner is, being, is doing you a favor by being with you, but they are definitely sharing themselves. And the more grateful you can be for that time with them, the better off you are. I mean, if you're, if you're not grateful for your partner, that's the moment you start being complacent or, or building resentment. Uh, consideration, appreciation, and gratitude is, is something that may sound a little hokey or woo-woo to some people, but and I'm not saying that it needs to be spiritualized for those who don't want to do it that way, but I am saying that to, to just do the little things that count and be grateful that they're, that they're sharing their lives with you, their bodies, their bed, like that's, that's, a, that's a gift in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Now, what are some of the key love blocks that can get in our way and how can we remove them so they don't interfere in our partnership or in our love with our partner? Well, I can summarize some of these. So you, this is uh, actually what my, my third book is based on. It, it's titled The Pact, and I'm not going to turn this into a sales pitch, but it's, ta- it's titled The Pact, and it's built off of uh, tens of thousands of interactions I've had over the past eight to ten years uh, with my readers and fans writing in thousands of times uh, a month about some of the same types of issues that they're facing. We end up writing in about uh, or or asking questions of of counselors or researching what's wrong with our partner. Like they do this, they do that. And maybe they are doing those things. But there's so many things that we actually have control of on our side that can make a fundamental difference in how we view relationships as well as how we relate to the partner that's in our lives. And a lot of people end up wanting to look externally instead of doing the hard work of looking internally to figure out what they can shift about themselves. So mm-hmm. the question you've asked is like, what are these blocks? This is not a, a fast question to answer, but I can gloss over some of these things sure. um, and, and talk about them. Like the, the first being the past. We all have a past. Maybe it's our family of origin where parents split up and we have a different view of relationships and intimacy. Or we had a terrible first uh, first relationship in high school or college that kind of tainted the waters for us around what what a healthy relationship looks like, or maybe we're scared to trust. Like there's a million things that that come into our past, and we bring all that stuff with us uh, as part of the future conversations with potential partners. And we size people up based on what we've experienced. The only way to to stop doing those things or to work through those things is to really look at it for what it is, and that is a. a a conscious, concerted effort um, to to understand our past and how it plays with our present. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not suggesting looking back for long periods of time, but to understand and reflect on where you were versus where you think you want to go. That's there's no way around that. Absolutely, because those things can get poked and touched upon. Those raw spots 
can get touched in the relationship when there have been past hurts in relationship, whether it be jealousy, whether it be abandonment or any other issue. It kind of elicits us to reflect and and resolve whatever those pieces are that get in our way. Well, and that reflects on on a combination of, of, I'll put up three of these blocks right away for us to talk about, and that's self-worth, confidence, self-doubt. Th- those, are, those are things that plague a lot of people because of their past and because of their present. If you're coming from a challenging environment at home or you have a series and a pattern of picking the wrong partners, it affects those three things in a lot of different ways where you don't feel worthy of the nice person, so you end up chasing exactly the person that's going to treat you like crap because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, and you chase the wrong relationships. You don't feel confident enough to voice your, your honesty or share your, your thoughts, opinions. You end up doubting what you do and how you, how you bring yourself not only in your relationship but in your life. You know, these are blocks when it comes to romantic relationships, but they're also blocks with us as people just living our lives as individuals day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And how do we remove these blocks or heal them or address them fully? Well, I don't know if we can go into that in this call. (laughs) Or maybe just some of the starting points of would somebody go to therapy? Would somebody do it on their own? What are, what are some There's of the a couple ways? of different ways. I mean, you know, therapy is, is definitely a, a, a good start, but it does take long investment. There are some key things that, that you can kind of take a look at for yourself and, and daily exercises and affirmations, um, which I've offered and written about within the pact that allow people to get a better sense of themselves and, and releasing what they hate or what they think they hate and they think others hate, uh, and moving on to to allow themselves to just be happy. I mean, what we're talking about here is is people just not feeling worthy or entitled to living the life that they say that they want, and it's reflected in lots of different ways. I mean, aside from all these other blocks, we can talk about everybody on on this phone call who's chasing their next paycheck or making sure they have enough money saved or, you know, the financial implications of all these things really plague a lot of people. But at its cornerstone, people think that they want money when the truth of it is that they don't. Uh, If you ask them some, some very key questions, you end up getting very quickly to they don't want money, they want flexibility. Well, what does flexibility mean? Well, it means I'm more independent. What does independence mean? Well, it means I can do what I want. And how will you feel when you do what you want? Well, I'll be happy. Oh, so what you actually want is to be happy. Got it. And you have to go through that that entire thing. A lot of the exercises that I've described as well as how people can kind of work through a lot of these blocks for their love lives and themselves mm-hmm. really gets back to that very simple notion. What makes you feel good about you? Yeah. Now, what do men and women really want when it comes to affection, passion, and intimacy, whether inside or outside of the bedroom? I think that's that's very individualized, but mostly people want to feel valuable. They they want to feel that they matter to their partner. And nothing shows that more than than very basic things, and that's effort uh, and and the little things that people do for each other. Big things are great. Uh, you want to, you know, I, I, there's guys who want to take their, their girls on a trip and it's a big, big thing that that's great. And she'll appreciate it, but there's nothing, it, it counts the same 
as you just bring a flower home on a Friday or writing a note or a text message for no reason that says, I love you. Those things are all in the same, the same thing. And oftentimes the little things are the most valued. But, and for men too, like one of the things that men end up complaining to me about a lot is that they don't feel valuable as a relationship goes on, especially where if, if that man is a primary breadwinner, and I realize we're in a, we're definitely in a, in a dual income society, but if he's the primary breadwinner and there's kids at home, she, there's instantly a, a disconnection between them. She feels not valued because she's not bringing home any cash, but she is raising their children and, he doesn't feel valued because he's just pulling down the rent every month and nobody is grateful for that. Men want to feel appreciated. They want to know that their partner is proud of them and they want to, to feel valued for the man that they are. Uh, and with, with that situation comes some, some disconnection around how people receive it. And again, it's very individualized. People have different triggers based on a lot of these blocks that we've described and there's more of those, by the way, if we ever get back to them. But yeah, like, you know, men want to feel valued and women want to feel valued. Uh, and that, that means different things to, to different people. And would you say that's also part of foreplay as well? That when, when there is that value in words and actions and gesture and appreciation, that obviously that warms things up in the relationship so that when things can get physical, that it's already primed for it? Absolutely. I mean, who would want to have, who would want to sleep with somebody who doesn't value them? <laughs> I, I, it doesn't, then you end up going through the motions, talk about a complacent sex life. Like that's awful. And that doesn't, that doesn't work. People want to feel good about themselves and they want the people within their environment to love and appreciate them and want them. I mean, so when we talk about passion, one of the, one of the reasons that drives people to cheat is that they don't feel valued and they don't feel a connection, but mostly they just don't feel desired anymore by their partner. And they miss that, that level of desire and that passion. And that's easy to get in a new relationship because that's part of the primal attraction that keeps us all connected and, and actually continuing as a species, right? But that's what, that's what drives people away. And it, but it builds on itself. I mean, you said it, where you feel valuable and that leads to someone appreciating you, and that leads to passionate thoughts. Mm, great. Do we have time for one more? Sure. Okay. So what are the five proven ways to keep your relationship satisfying and, and great? So this is based on, on thousands of discussions I've had with couples and individuals of, around the world. It's really straight up. There's, there's five critical things that people need to do. Don't give up on the newness of your relationship. People forget that men and women are men and women. They're not just husbands and wives and mothers and, and fathers, but they're men and women who have a man and a woman's needs. Keep that in mind. Flirt with them. Take a shower <laughs> with them. Send them text messages like you used to. Desire them and keep things fresh and new. Second is recognize that you aren't able to change them. They have to do that on their own. People end up falling in love with somebody and then they try to change them to fit the mold that they have on their side of the fence. And that is a, that is a, that's set up for failure. You can only control your side of the equation. You can, you can create an environment where people want to change. You can put your needs out. But ultimately, the decision to do anything about that is theirs. You, know, you speak your truth, you let go of the outcome, and you make your decisions based on what you feel. The third we've kind of talked about through this, and that is keep your strength, your individuality, 
and your self-esteem right up front. You are a valuable person and a, a relationship is made up of two people and they need to see you as valuable. If they don't, you're in the wrong relationship. The fourth is never settle for second best. And people end up getting that statement confused with being high maintenance. No, you, you have expectations and people say that expectations are wrong only if they're unspoken. If there's something that you want and you want them to do it for you, you have to say it. If they, they can't read your mind, like communicate your needs clearly. And if they refuse to address your needs or they're not interested, well, then you have something else to talk about. But you have to put it out there. And the last is stay passionate. You know, sex is not just a physical act. It's a physical expression of the emotional connection and intimacy that should already be there. And it can be as romantic or as bondage-infused as a couple wants it to be, as long as everybody's on the same page. You, you want to keep things definitely passionate. Desire them and tell them so and show them. Mm, great. Wonderful. And I know that you have a very special free gift for our audience. Can you share what that is? And obviously, we'll, they'll be able to access it through the link. But can you elaborate on what that is? Um, sure. So it's a, I, I have three books that have been published. This is a, a complimentary e-copy of my second book uh, titled The Problem with Women is Men, Volume 2, that goes into some very, very fast and easy tips and reflections of how to make relationships great or how to get out of the wrong one. Mm, excellent. Wonderful. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today. Well, thank you for having me. Great. And I am your host, Andrea Carello with True Potential Counseling. And just to recap what we covered in today's show, we covered some of the challenges of long-term marriage and how to overcome them, what are some of the key love blocks and how to remove them, the 12 commandments of a happy and healthy long-lasting relationship, as well as the proven ways to keep your relationship great and what men and women really want when it comes to affection, passion, and intimacy. Stay tuned tomorrow for the next interview. We have a great lineup for the Create a Relationship You Love Summit Series, and I can't wait to connect with you then. Take care.